Welcome to Ghost Watch 2017, the Common Rider Ghost Podcast Recap Podcast. <laughs> My name's Coriander Dickinson, and I'm pretty sure I got all those words in the right order. It's Common Rider Ghost Recap Podcast Podcast. That one's it. No, podcast that would be a podcast, podcast about this podcast. Was, no, the first one's a Common Rider Ghost Recap Podcast. No. And this is oh, yeah. a podcast of that. So it's the Come Rider Ghost podcast, yeah. podcast podcast. All right. But we're not really recapping the podcast. Like, we very rarely talk about it. It's so true. We're not like, and then Kate said, and then Heather said. We, we drifted away from the original premise almost immediately. Yes. Yes. Um, joining me is Adam Wasserman. Heyo. And Alexi Peppers. Hello. And this is episode 45. Three, two, one. Episode, episode 45. 45. Five. Tired, Tired from, from the mind, from mind, mind blood. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just stopped making words at the end. Um, in episode 45 of Kamen Rider Ghost, we witnessed Taco's determination to forcefully teach Sweat Emperor some empathy while also doing a lot of punching and kicking. And I chose not to add any punctuation to that sentence when I put it on the website. Anyways, here's the theme song. <laughs> hard to just not <laughs> sing along <laughs> you should every every time you get it gets to the end with the little with the little, like lower like like da 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 it uh-huh. always i almost crack up because it seems like yeah. a little joke i know it's it really funny every time <laughs> like, this is like, like episode it, 45 alexi tries to learn chords <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have to extend the podcast because of all the different instruments you know how to play? No, I'm glad that there's only five more. <laughs> okay. So that was an that, organ? Yes, that was a genuine vacuum tube Hammond oh. organ. How many Jeez. stops did you pull out? Was it all of them? 
That was like most of the stops, yeah. <laughs> Pulled out nice. all the stops. Only the best nice. for Ghost Watch. I'm only laughing because it's an organ joke. <laughs> Not <laughs> because only, it was a good one. <laughs> it's the only organ joke I think I could possibly make. <laughs> At least about that kind of organ. Woohoo. Sorry. Everybody I drove my family so crazy. They were yeah, all Yeah, you mentioned that on Twitter. Edmonton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did. I played, I played that song on the organ a bunch of times. <laughs> did you, did you explain to them how many times you've had to hear that song and how like their pain is in no way commensurate with yours? Yes, okay. it was funny though because my mom did come by because she was showing me how to make sure the vacuum tubes didn't blow up and stuff, and she was like <laughs> listening to me play it and helping me with the chords. She actually explained a bunch of music theory to me, so I finally have learned music theory after like, you know however many years of playing music and refusing to learn any theory but mm. after i played through it she's like yeah this is a nice kind of churchy piece and i'm like well <laughs> <laughs> yes and i tried to play you... the real theme song for her on youtube and she left the room so <laughs> <laughs> did, did you get her to play it on the harp for you i tried oh. she didn't want to Okay. Oh, to be fair, it starts fair. with like the first notes are a G to a G sharp, which uh, a harp, like you can't do that. You have to flip a lever or have oh. like a pedal harp, and it's really complicated. So like it's possible, okay. but it it's a it's a big ask. No, I I mostly had failed attempts to play it on instruments in the woods. Honestly, like I got an accordion, but a bunch of the chord buttons were stuck down, so that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> and I tried a tin whistle, but it can't do a G sharp. <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway uh okay so before we before we jump in oh uh last time i made a promise to you and our listeners that i would find out what's going on with the two girls at the end of the last episode yes okay and? <laughs> just making sure you remember no no, so, no i definitely don't but i'm rolling with it <laughs> There were there were two mysterious ladies who showed up at the end of the last episode, and you guys were like, "Who are those ladies?" They're extra women dressed in white. Yeah, yeah, they were here They're in this episode, standing again. there, and they were in the being the, creepy the episode that you just watched. Also, yes, didn't okay. we think that they were from some other show for some reason? Well, so they they are from a web and DVD only tie in to the Ichigo movie. Which I rewatched for the purposes of remembering what their deal was, because I'd completely forgotten. So here's what I here's 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 what their deal is from from having watched that. They are they are two ladies who look identical for reasons that are not explained. Uh-huh. For reasons that were not explained, they 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 came to Earth to get uh, Ghost and uh, Spectre to. Uh, fight basically do a boss rush and fight the uh main bosses of the last like six uh heisei uh rider shows and create uh and by doing so create icons of from their from their henshin items so that they could henshin into those riders which then allowed them to beat up some guy who looked like battle cat and then got weird phoenix armor and then 
Well, first, yeah, and then they beat him up. And then they got icons for all the Heisei Riders, which then turned into one icon. That was the Ichigo icon, which first when, when equipped, Ghost got like Ichigo, like an Ichigo jacket. Except it wasn't really a jacket. It was like a hood and a scarf. It wasn't a full jacket, which was weird. And then it gave him the Heisei Rider equivalent of the grateful armor so it had like the icons for all the other heisei riders on it instead of the icons for the different heroic souls and then he beat this guy up and it was unexplained where he came from and that's who they were and then they and they disappeared and they did not explain further Oh, okay. so that's why I, I have a... That was like 40 icon. minutes of my life that I'm never getting back again. <laughs> so so basically, there there is no good explanation for who they are. They're just two mysterious twin ladies, and I like the one with short hair better, if anybody cares. It's a guy icon so, of fruit? The guy no, icon the is gun- like a... It's like an orange... It, it's kind of like an or- orange that flips... Like a section orange that flips open. It looks a little bit like a compact. I couldn't. Oh. It was the one I couldn't recognize when it was floating, but when they were showing like the ones they were going to get, I was like, "What's that one?" So the because it's not a lock like you would expect. Just it's just a normal icon that's blue, but it has four faces on a cube and a button you click to change the face. <laughs> what what is this now? And I've got the icon toys. Hmm. Hmm. I've also got a Condor phone, but Icon nice. toys also exist. There, there, there is a little bit of Onari and Akari action <gasps> in there. What? Um, at the <laughs> you beginning, until now to mention it. Sorry, sorry. I was like, what, what, what did I take away from this that I knew I needed to bring up <laughs> at the beginning of the episode? The first one, they're both like watching like a news report on their tablets about a monster that's shown up, and they're like, they're like, oh my gosh, and we can see it, so it's not a Ganma, which is like, I'm surprised you remembered that normal people can't see Ganma. Uh, and they, they both break that like, rule in this episode, but <laughs> right. And they and they both like start running around real fast and trying to get in each other's way because they both want to tell Ta- uh, Takaru first about it, and they both burst into the room like a couple of goofs. Uh, Excellent. When when uh, Ghost and Spectre henchin into the uh, jackets of the the other riders, they say their catchphrase. So you get to see Spectre saying um, "Uchukita," and then. Oh, Onari's all like, all like, what? Uchu? Or I th- maybe it was Ghost. Anyway, but the, like, as always happens when another writer's around, when when um, when he Jose says Henshin, they're yeah. just like, they're just like, what? Uchu? What? What's going on? Why? And then why they do you have to that? do it too. They have to do it too. Yeah, and then he'll get them to do it. Yeah, it was anyway. So it was it was pretty okay. Like I don't actually, I didn't actually mind rewatching it. It was kind of fun seeing them and they were like the it was seven parts and most of them were like the first one was like seven minutes and the other were like other ones except the last one were like five and a half and the last one was ten so it was like oh, it wasn't super that's not long too bad. it was kind of fun um if you're really interested i can i can get it to you so because there's there's some Monari and... moments that you might want to watch i don't know i mean yeah <laughs> uh so so ghost inspector fight the bosses of like all the other Rider yeah, shows like the last before. six years worth of hit. Yeah, like huh. the final guys. Yeah, I it's mean, literally not, like a boss rush. 
I not to diss on. I guess it is just to diss on Takeru Inspector. I wouldn't think that their power level would be such that they could just well, take on. So what what happens is they in 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 basically every every episode except the last one when they've already gone through all the the other bosses and now they're using the Ichigo icon. They basically they try to fight in their regular forms. Oh, at the in the first episode, uh, one of the one of the ladies takes away all of the heroic icons, so they can't use them at all. They only have their base icons. Of course, Rude. and they're like and they're they're like power up icons, so no deep specter, no no boost, uh, and so they have to do this. So each time they like fight in their regular forms and they get pasted, and the boss like basically says something about like like whatever their goal was from from the show they were on like you know whatever the overarching theme was friendship or or it's mostly friendship uh <laughs> and they're fighting them and he's and then and they they like they like you know they're like asking them like what is your purpose and then and ghost is like to, to save my friends and then the icon like the the or the the object the henshin object shows up and turns in they turn into an icon and they jack it up and then they they easily beat the the boss and the boss is like oh you did have the right stuff or whatever like, oh <laughs> it's like literally each time it's exactly that pattern like so dumb and, and so is pb <sighs> just like on vacation he's not is in, he this. in the they, sick room they couldn't afford they couldn't afford him for this episode <laughs> he was in space i think it happens right after the ichigo movie which i think is when pb is still a bad guy so i think oh, that's okay. partly why he was anyway, he gets his own DVD space. only extra four episodes, <laughs> so he doesn't have to he doesn't have to feel shafted by that. Right. He I doesn't have to share. Anyway, it's really it's really just like a web tie-in thing where they get to like goof around with some new jackets and it's it's utterly unnecessary. And I have zero idea why they brought those ladies back because they don't even explain them in this. Like they're just they're like, <laughs> we're we're here to trick you into into activating these icons because you're gonna have to fight the real big bad. And like I bet they would have just done it if you'd asked, if you just explained it that way. It's, That's true. Uh, Takeru is just ridiculous. And they figure it out within like three episodes. They're like, I think they're teaming up. I think they're getting us to do this on purpose. And they keep asking like the the short haired one just disappears all the time. And like smirks a lot. And the long haired one just says, I can't explain all the time. And <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's fun. That is really dumb and it explains nothing. So that is my that is my long ass summary of um, who these ladies are, which is who the hell knows. <laughs> They're nothing. Basically. <laughs> thank you. And sometimes thank they you for combine the into one lady. Oh. So maybe they're just one person anyway who there is a bit in this one where they talk in sync which of course they do and it made me think like if you're an actor in japan is that like just part of your standard audition <laughs> <laughs> like someone else will have to read the same lines and you have to sync with each other because that comes up so often yeah i feel like it's easier to sync with like the recorded copy of yourself but mm. with with a different wig on right <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's like cheating anyway yeah, a little bit. It's like if you were listening to a recording of a podcast while the person was also talking and you couldn't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Not that that would happen. Not that that would happen. <laughs> Never. Uh, this episode anyway. was yeah. all right. There's like Adele has the power. He becomes like Lion King in the sky. 
he's making some kind of hive mind. Takiru doesn't like hive minds, he likes individuality. And there's a bit where they mind meld, and it's like Sweat Emperor has dead mom memories, and Takiru has dead dad memories, and that lets them bond, of course. So Takaru gets soggy washcloth time. There isn't actually a washcloth. He's just passed out in the <laughs> soggy washcloth room. <laughs> Which I, is, I don't I, know. Okay, I, I need to say at this point that I wasn't actually expecting this podcast to come up with its own terminology that it used. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, like we don't we don't need to necessarily give like Taco Time and Train Yard and people nicknames because oh, yeah. they already have them. Well, so we came up with names for various actions instead. Yeah, we had to find our own niche. I mean, I there wasn't an it. existing name for the soggy washcloth room or activity, so. <laughs> it's true. It needed to happen. Okay, We're providing so here's a, service. a question. Is it my face blindness or is the act? that plays or just actor uh that plays the dead mom of like bb and adele and everyone the same actor that plays the sister i swear they look identical but i have face blindness so i, I don't, don't remember know. Okay. i also don't remember so yes same <laughs> which probably means nothing it's just they already had her but whatever we get family memories this time and clone shenanigans with Kodo. There's fake news that Demia protects you from space radiation. <laughs> so everyone go out and get Demia right now. So that's cool. This is contact lenses. Space radiation to your eyeballs. Yeah. It's the most vulnerable like- part of your body. So it's that Onari and Akari are watching the news, looking very concerned, like super concerned, as the man on television talks about space radiation. And I thought that he was going to be like, this is our best explanation for what's happening, where a bunch of people have gold lines coming out of their forehead and their eyes are turning red and they're acting like zombies. But no, it's just some kind of fake bullshit that's telling people to get Demia. So I guess no one notices the whole thing going on with the gold lines and red eyes i don't know uh can't see ghosts <laughs> yeah except so in this episode there's like onari and and basically the whole b team decide that they're gonna go find bills and make him go on tv to say that demi is bad which i was like how are they gonna accomplish that and i guess maybe they made the assumption that turned out to be true which is that he had some kind of evil icon controlling him i don't know but when they go into the lobby of the like conference center on demia or whatever the hell there's a bunch of regular gnomes standing around and nobody pulls out spider lantern nobody makes even a token effort to explain why onari and akari walk in and say oh no look at all these ghosts like Maybe they, they've both been, like, dead enough times that... Because, like, Anari was in spirit form. That is true. He became ago. an icon. I don't think Akari yeah. has Akari, been dead. Akari's been, like, go, She's like possessed. back in the beginning, she got, like, popped out of her body, I think, at least once. Oh, really? She's made a lot of physical contact with, yeah. with KMS. 
That's true. Well, like and, and Takaru, cooties. presumably. She hugs Kat Takaru like all the time. Do you only get cooties from slapping if it's like an erotic thing or is it always? <laughs> Maybe. You gotta keep uh, yourself protected either way. Yeah, uh, always wear gloves. You should always wear a glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to do some research because Akari pulls out a notebook to do some science after Gramps actually gives her like a good pep talk. I was surprised. Gramps was in a somber and actually helpful mood for once because Akari gets kind of demotivated like all of the side characters do periodically of I don't have powers and I can't help anybody and then Gramps is like where is that fire you use Muse to yell at me all the time and it was like well that's true and it works but she pulls out this little brown notebook and I'm pretty sure it's basically the same pages that we saw once before and then I tried to look up because it's just weird disjointed German and like mm. random symbol notation. I really don't hmm. understand if it's like if someone was fluent in German, they could figure it out and it's just kind of shorthand or what? Because when I try and translate it, it's just kind of like hard to follow. It seems like rambly. There's stuff about the end in all caps and death and letters. And then there's this. <laughs> it's probably of... Nietzsche. <laughs> well, it talks about Fermat. And it also talks about the town he was born in. It talks about like. Beaumont Street, and he was born in a town called Beaumont. So I'm like, okay, so it's like part biography of Fermat. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's scientist fic. Oh. oh wow, she's she's just writing science science fic, <laughs> and that's Not where she gets her motivation. Science fiction. <laughs> but now, who would she ship Fermat with? Foucault. What? That's nonsense. (laughs) Just because he has a cool jacket. Well, listen, I did a lot of film theory and I am not, I'm not down with Foucault. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But check out that Fermat. Mm. Fermat has nothing to do with film theory and that's okay. Is Foucault like, F O U C A U L T? Yes. That one? Okay. Yes. I wouldn't have said his name right. I would have thought it was like Foucault. 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 Yeah, I thought Good that buddy, for Foucault. a very long time. Uh-huh. Foucault. It's, it's French. Pendulum. Yeah. His first name is Michel. Michel. Well, apparently, Fermat's is Pierre. Pierre de Fermat, according to <laughs> Kari's notes. <laughs> Anyway, apparent somehow reading her Fermat fic teaches her, I don't even remember anymore what science she figures out. I know she has a moment of insight, but I don't remember what it is. They describe Takiru as a data array of consciousness, which is interesting. Huh. I'd like, like. <laughs> That's not a model of the mind I'm familiar with. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just arrays in the end. Whoa. Do you think that's why learning new things is hard? Because I have to resize the array. (laughs) You've always got to defrag your brain. Yeah. It should really be a hash map. (laughs) He also, so he enters like the network of 
Demia, and then he gets kicked out by Gon Misers and ends up in a parking garage because obviously, <laughs> yeah. If you were to be kicked out of cyberspace, you would land in a parking garage if you were on Common Rider Ghost. And there's some horrible face transition stuff going on. Don't like that yes. at all. Igor doesn't like that either. He periodically has his face transform into Adele's face. And he doesn't like that. Neither do I. And there's this B-lister guy. I'd f completely forgotten who he was and what his name was until I listened to Oh, yeah, Gyro. Ghostwatch 2016. Oh, yeah, don't right. air. I did not yep. know he was. I just called him B-lister in my notes. <laughs> yeah. He also becomes Adele for a little while after he sees that Odell has eaten most of the photocopier people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Maybe that's uh, why they, they used him, because we've seen him come out of a photocopier. Eh? Did he come out mm. of a photocopier? I thought he did. Huh. Uh, everybody comes out of a photocopier. It's true. That's how people are made in Gone My Hell. Yep. Or something. Or something. Takeru and Akari have a nice moment. It's funny because I feel like in another show it would be a kiss, except instead they do a pinky swear. So that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the best and creepiest part is in the midst of all this stuff going on and everyone's kind of getting a chance to do their own thing and they're making all these kind of last minute gambits of like, oh man, this is the end game. Gonna try doing like bonding with deep specter icon and just all this different stuff we see canon skipping down the road <laughs> with two bags <laughs> stacked with takoyaki and she literally says like i need to bring this takoyaki power to the gang and she says it's super effective on elaine <laughs> which this, is great this and only supports my theory that you could replace canon with takoyaki and it would make no difference Yes, all it needs is a way to get itself from point A to point B. Yeah, ex ex I guess, except that Spectre would be imagining Takoyaki in various outfits, which would be weird. That would just be, it would overlap too much with PB, because that's his own Yeah, motivation. PB would have to have his, uh, a new thing. It yeah, would just be PB with his Takoyaki outfit. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shippable. They would, they would just, like, turn around and see each other and be like, oh... <laughs> God, I think that they are shippable, but not like this. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> not like this. Jeez. <laughs> 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 anyway, so this is cool. It's also, man, we've seen the Takayaki stand lots of times. It's in a park in the middle of the city, and Cannon is skipping along the top of some kind of drainage ditch in the middle of a forest. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> It's not even a road. <laughs> I feel like and the map of the general like town or whatever that ghost takes place in would look real weird. Yeah. <laughs> like just real it's like patchwork. The, it's the opposite. Like when my dad was in Japan and was looking for places to go, uh, when he was in Tokyo, I was telling him he should maybe go to that place. It's like an island. They have a Statue of Liberty. It starts with an O, I think. Odaiba. Yeah, Odaiba. That's uh, actually where and, a lot of Kamen Riders filmed. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, um, Digimon, like the movie especially, is all like taking place in Odaiba when it's not in the Digimon world. 
And I know this because when I was looking up Adaiba, I found this fan site that literally takes screenshots from Digimon and real photos that someone has gone and taken in Odaiba and puts them side by side. And it is like identical. And so they have a map of Odaiba with dots for all of the places that you can see literally one of the scenes from Digimon the movie. So Kamen Rider Ghost is like the opposite of that. Because <laughs> the map would be complete bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it would be, and I'm saying this because I've been playing a lot of Smash, but I feel like it would be like the the world map in the adventure mode of Smash Ultimate with just like a whole bunch of stuff like higgledy piggledy, like smushed together. <laughs> yes. It's weird. It's like they're on a grid, but they're also very smushy. All the areas. Yeah. It's also like Smash in that every area has like an Omega mode, which is where they stumble out of frame and are in a version of the place that's bigger and flatter and has no items. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, now, see, here's the thing is I haven't I've only been playing like single player Smash. I haven't even played like I have not played a single round of like regular Smash since I caught this game. So I'm like only familiar with the with the arenas in in as much as I've been like fighting like basically like weird variations of all the characters on them. Those those maps, like those little challenges are all Yeah. Like I, I don't want to say surprisingly, because like Nintendo's awesome and generally kicks ass, but they are like surprisingly clever and smart. Like the amount mm-hmm. of stuff that they do to make something thematic using the fairly limited amount of tools at their disposal is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I played some of it so over good. Christmas. And it's like there was like a Metal Gear one and it was like a solid metal giant sized Rob. And it was like yes. one of the bad doctor guys. And it was like a the uh, evilly looking Dr. Mario with like the black coat. And he had different AIs that he'd avoid you. So you had to fight the Rob like it was so it was so yeah. cool. <laughs> also, I could not beat it. And I don't recommend like <laughs> the fact that you have not played any normal Smash just means you probably had more fun because I just had my ass repeatedly handed to me by my brother. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, the nice thing about adventure mode is that the more you play it, the more you get um, adventure skills and different spirits. And so the more you can basically just completely cheese every every fight. Yeah, there's a progression system that doesn't just rely on you getting better as a human being. Yeah, which I feel like after playing like so much adventure mode, if I was to play like vanilla smash now with like no spirit assist no adventure skills i'd be like how come how come i can't smash as hard as i used to be able to how come i can't (laughs) jump as high how come how come i'm so bad at this all of a sudden because i've gotten used to all this help that i would not have and i'm like i thought i was good at this game yeah but i'm aware of it so it's fine but still like i i can tell i'm developing like lots of bad skills i'm i uh, update from last time i have started using the the uh shield button sometimes oh pro strats yes but, i learned how to smash I also, attack i i i put the smash on like the uh the right uh the right stick like people do and it makes smashing a lot more doable for me and i huh. smash a lot more which is good i put the tilt attack on the right stick yeah i've heard people do that but i find that like i don't really want to do tilt attacks that badly so it's fine i'd, I'd, I'd rather be able to Pac-Man. guarantee a smash you main pac-man that's mm. amazing maining pac-man because i love <laughs> dropping fire hydrants on people I... you could play mega man you could drop rush on people no, i'm still or you could play characters. sonic the hedgehog and drop oh, okay. mega man. that's fair yes 
when I think it Sonic took me like three weeks available. before I unlocked everybody. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't I wasn't trying to unlock them as fast as possible. No, I've been like casually playing the spirit board. And... Yeah, well, I play like I've been playing adventure. I was playing adventure mode, and I'd play for a couple hours, and then back out, and I'd get like a fight, and I'd be like, okay. Where I could have like gotten like I don't know like seven or eight fights out of yeah, like, like, character it. unlocks if I'd been trying to yeah. The I felt bad that is that I went and bought more games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I have that problem too. I started playing the spirit board mode, and I kind of liked the fact that it didn't have my usual main. So I was like actually trying out different characters. I was mostly playing Link because I love Breath of the Wild like so much. Mm. So that made me happy. <laughs> and then the second character I found to unlock was Sheik, who is my main. And I was like, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I know yeah, that like I my... was enjoying this, but here I am just playing Sheik again. Yeah, my first my first unlock, well, I guess second unlock in adventure mode, uh, when you get to choose between three was was Marth, and I just basically mained Marth until I unlocked Lucina, which is just girl Marth, so then I started playing yep. as Lucina. And yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. <laughs> Like the whole time, and I realized that like Lucina and Marth are not necessarily optimal because they have zero range attacks, which mm. might be helpful in certain fights. But I just ignore that fact, and I'm just like, I'm gonna do this fight this way anyhow. I just can't wait to see what the Smash DLC characters are gonna be because Joker has established mm. such a precedent of like it could be anything, and yeah. since they cost real money and are like pretty big deals and there's only a limited amount of them i feel like there's also an expectation that they be like pretty exciting i don't think that just like more fire emblem characters would be <laughs> dlc worthy <laughs> which there's, means i'm like there's what's a sufficient number of fire emblem characters in this game at this there point. are arguably too many fire emblem characters in this there's game there's only like what Six, five hundred. I think six. Yeah, no, I think five hundred sounds about there's right. There's Marth and Lucina and Roy and Ike and Corin and Crom and Robin. Okay, that's seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. seven easy. That's seven. That's that's quite a few. Uh, but no, I'm just. Uh, m- what I'm most afraid of is that they do an Undertale thing. Oh, oh why are you afraid no. of that? Because you'll have to spend thirty dollars. Well, I just, I don't know. I, oh. I adore Undertale so much. Yeah, Corey, like, like if Sans from Undertale becomes a fighter in Smash, oh I don't know what I'll do. Like, what do you mean? Like, just you'll spend the rest of your life playing Smash? No, I'll just, I don't know. I just have such high in some ways, it's, it's as bad as having Isabel in there. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, the Animal Crossing Villager? Heck yeah, definite psycho. Isabel, though? <laughs> right well or like rosalina like i like in 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 like i know continuity or whatever but for that character i would not i do not imagine that character going around and like beating people up i i have very strong feelings about rosalina guys all right it in my feeling is that she's i do not feel that the characters are fighting for fun it is more Mm. for survival like Mm -hmm. that's even worse (laughs) It's like, Rosalina, why? Why have you been put in this death game from which there is effectively no escape? I just exactly. like Undertale Undertale has this thing where it's like a, a a beautiful, wonderful game that I think everyone should experience as 
like fresh as possible, but then became so hugely successful that it did that mm-hmm. thing of becoming successful enough that people got like ironic about it. And now people don't play it because oh. they're like, oh, it's that game everybody likes. And I'm like, you're missing out on. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like one of the best game experiences. And so I feel like putting an Undertale character in Smash would just make that worse. And I would be so torn because it's like, on the one hand, hey, it's a character from like one of my favorite video games ever. On the other hand, A, yeah, kind of weird as a fighting game character. And B, seems to be just like, probably only make the weird irony side of it worse. I don't know. I want Professor Layton. That's my hat in the ring. <laughs> Give me oh, a Professor Layton DLC. I feel like... If you did Undertale and you did like the main character from Undertale, there would have to be some kind of mechanic where if you like avoid hitting and or being hit for long enough, then you just win. Yeah. <laughs> like like That'd for like cool. a solid minute, then you like auto you just automatically win the round. Mm, I would be I way know. happier if it was Papyrus because I think Papyrus would have oh, fun yeah. being in Smash, but it wouldn't. It would be sense yeah, if they pick anyone. It'll be sense. So when you were talking about how um, Undertale rose to popularity, it occurred to me that another franchise could in some way ever get characters in Smash, and that is Five Nights at Freddy's. And if that happens, I will smash my TV. (laughs) I will leave this planet. (laughs) You'll leave your corporeal form behind. Uh, I think we're safe, though. What if... Because they haven't ported what? that to the Switch. I feel like part of this is like yeah. it has to be a popular game that has been either on the Switch or at least like on a Nintendo associated well, Persona 5 isn't on Switch or any Nintendo consoles at this point. I think they're probably going to bring it to the Switch I think because they're gonna... that's sort of indicated. I want to say like, I was like, what if like maybe a, like like a Yakuza character, but there's no way because that's totally like Sony only. That I don't would know be excellent. Who I see his DLC. That would then be like cure you in there, or yeah. Uh, I I was uh. thinking like the Final Fantasy roster is kind of small, and like maybe they do Sephiroth. Yeah, well, there's one. Yeah, <laughs> like there are Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, Sephiroth does not need to be in any more games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's that's my hot take. I am thinking now about how Five Nights at Freddy's would actually be really good on the Switch. You could actually flip the screen up and down. As far as I know, it's coming out this year, but eh, I I just don't want to see animatronic horrors on the Smash stage other than Rob. Oh, yeah. What? Rob's adorable. (laughs) Have you? No, you're right. Have either of you ever actually played like played an NES game using Rob? Because I have. Oh, that's yes. so cool. No, I have not. I played. Oh, they I, I, cooler. I got to play Gyromite like when I was a kid, uh, when we we're on vacation, staying with my a friend of my dad's who was super rich. And so they had an NES with like every like. It, it was weird. They had an NES. They had Rob. I think they had the light gun because I don't see how they could not have. But they didn't have a copy of Mario Brothers, which I was what? like, what? guys, why don't you have a copy of like the game that you would buy a Nintendo? To even play? It like, comes with the Nintendo. <laughs> it did. Though. <laughs> Duck Hunt came with the Nintendo. I was just. But they had Rob and they had Gyromite and I played it. And it, I remember it being interesting. It was fun to watch him move around and pick things up. This is the year. I was just talking to my brother about how weird it is. He's gotten really into the Super Mario Super Show lately. And oh, yeah. so he's watching that all the time and talking about it. And I was 
asking him because I didn't actually know. I was like, what era is that of the games? And he's like, first Mario game and then like the second one. And it's the same time that they had the Zelda cartoon, which was also like first Zelda game. And it was just, it's such a strange era because those games were not at a point yet where they actually had like real characterization or even much of a plot. Mm. Like my brother pointed out to me, and this was also just wild, that the first Zelda game there's only two Triforces. The Triforce of Courage didn't exist until the second Zelda game. So what? it's just so weird that these TV shows huh. existed in a time like they don't even call Bowser Bowser in the Super Mario Super Show. And I'm like, Is he like Koopa. Yeah, yeah, he's Koopa. King Koopa, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's such a strange era where they're like trying to, I guess, sell the games because the games are relatively unknown using like a TV show. But the TV show is so different from what the games would become. <laughs> And I was like, can you imagine now if we had like a modern graphics and storytelling capability and they were making the Super Mario Super Show and then they had to make the video games match that? Like, (laughs) so SSS Gridman is an anime TV series based upon toy models from toy shows. Oh, but but also a mid 90s tokusatsu show that was adapted in the i want to say cheapest possible fashion for north american audiences and i say this as somebody who watched a lot of superhuman samurai cyber squad and my memory of it is that i don't even think they had any exteriors i think it was all shot in like just like two like rooms like kids rooms and then you saw like like their their computer screens, which is where the tokusatsu action happened, and that was like <laughs> it. I might be misremembering, but that's basically how I recall it. And it had like a lesser Brandis brother in it. It'll be great when we're talking about X Eight. It'll make more sense when we go off to talk about video <laughs> games for like fifteen minutes. Well, yeah, but when we're talking about X Eight, we're just going to want to talk about X Eight because it's good. Oh, and then, so I didn't even finish like the crazy shit about the takoyaki scene oh, yeah. because oh, Canon right. is skipping down this drainage ditch talking about takoyaki power and that would be good enough except one of the clones well, I guess not one of but the one that exists right now of clone Makoto comes up behind her and it goes full horror movie where the music gets spooky and they're doing the thing of cutting between him looking evil as hell and like bringing up his hands and just like flexing his fingers while she skips obliviously down the road and she notices her weird sandal is untied and bends over and clone Kodo comes right up behind her and reaches out his creepy gloved hands and puts them like around her neck and I'm like what the hell is happening and then finds that he can't because I guess he's too much of a Makoto to be able to kill his sister, which is like, all right. And she doesn't notice the whole time. And then she's like, whoa, is there something there? And he's just disappeared somehow. But it was so weird. I could write like a thesis on the inconsistency of the ability of characters in tokusatsu to suddenly disappear uh-huh. <laughs> or to see other things no, specifically like villains being able to like if it's the first time you're fighting them they can totally just disappear but like the second like the second or third time when it's the real fight they can't just 
di- up and disappear because they know they're losing. <laughs> this is not it, how it works. It's got to be. It's the same logic as Hammer Space, where it's like Condor phone or any other necessary object is immediately there in your hand when you need it, except for the times where the plot demands that it be interesting that you forgot it somewhere or dropped it, in which case you do not have it. And that is a big deal. Well, this is the same as in like so many North American movies where like a character will be across the street or something and the person will, the main character will, or whoever will see them and be like, what is it that person? And then a car will go by and they're they're gone, (laughs) which, uh, so I don't Neither of you has probably seen dead alive. I'm guessing the early Peter Jackson film. Um, no. it's extremely gory, but there's a really funny bit in it where the main character is trying to hide from, from this lady who he's been avoiding and she sees him across the street and then a car goes by and he's gone. And then another car pulls away and he's just been crouching behind it and he's just there with his <laughs> groceries. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, Peter Jackson used to be a good filmmaker. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. He used to be a good filmmaker and then he stopped being a good filmmaker. Is there anything else in this episode that we need to... You don't want to talk about Peter Jackson? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think feelings. I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> the Gommisers are awful. I can't believe that we have to see Pimple Butt again. You guys describe it that the Gommisers are covered in balls and are the worst and it's like, yes. A hundred times, yes. Well, Words cannot describe like how awful shards. they are. They are just, they're garbage, terrible, bad. <laughs> That's going to be the it, title. <laughs> garbage, terrible, bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, what, was the, what was the new podcast that you guys were talking about in this episode? Did that happen? I don't oh, know no. how many podcasts yeah, never you're happened. in. Yeah, what's the Which podcast? podcast? The movie Give podcast? A- no, you were talking on Ghostwatch 2016, you were talking about what your next about your next podcast post goes watch 2016 with Kate and Heather. Uh-huh. Oh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Behind the scene details. <laughs> we eh. we discussed we discussed watching X-Aid, we discussed watching Disney films, we discussed just hanging out and having coffee and that's what we decided to do yeah i mean so we basically met weekly for a couple years and had coffee and recently kate moved so we don't get to do that anymore but that also means it's more difficult to do an in-person recording right yes yes yeah in-person recorded podcast seem like such a strange beast to me like <laughs> yeah that i guess and we did that but all those episodes were lost i guess there was only one of them <laughs> like tears and rain <laughs> yeah exactly but no that's all there is to talk about i think we should sign off with the same thing that this episode of uh goes 2016 signed off with which was don't listen to this podcast <laughs> I don't, Thank you all I for disagree. listening. My name's Coriander <laughs> Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absolar. I'm Adam Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmian. And I'm Alexi Peppers, and you can find me on Twitter at AM Peppers.
Don't watch this podcast. Wait. Don't ghost, listen to this podcast. Yeah, no, don't watch this podcast. Just don't. You can't. Or do. Ha-ha.